From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, it's that time of the month for Over the Back Fence with Walter Williams and Ashley Mack. On the show, we discuss the State Government Councillor Watchdog, the Office of Independent Assessor, the Triple C, Council's new Planning Review Panel, Doggy Do, Australia Day Awards and Ipswich First. It's Tuesday, October 26, 2021. And I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Ashley Mack was born in Ipswich. He still carries the scars from growing up in Ebervale and he was the first voice on QFM in 1990, still a media tart. He's a small business owner. Welcome to Over the Back Fence, Ash. Mate, it's great to be here as per usual. And joining him is Walter Williams, who has called Ipswich home for 30 years. You've heard his voice as a leading voiceover talent in Australia. And he was previously on QFM, Star FM and River. Welcome, Walter Williams. Hello, world. He's been through more stations than the Sunlander. Yes, indeed. That's an oldie but a goodie. Thank you very much. Well, let's get serious. And there's, well, there's a stack of things to talk about over this past month. And I think we'll start at the pointy end with the Office of Independent Assessor. It's not the catchiest name, but it's it's an agency established by the state government specifically to look at naughty councillors. But are they going too far? Last week, the Barcaldon mayor was having a whinge because he was under investigation for simply commenting on vaccine rollouts. The former mayor of Rockhampton, Margaret Strello, she resigned as a matter of principle and Former Premier Campbell Newman even weighed in. He said it should be abolished after only being established in 2018. So, like I said, the Office of Independent Assessor, not the catchiest name. Do you have any thoughts? Are they going too far? Let's start with Ash. Mate, I think what we need is an uh, an ICAC to look into the independent. <laughs> At the rate they're going, yeah, uh, can't we find anybody who's honest or something? Like, it, the, the, it, it's all that's going to happen is a daisy chain. Well, somebody's going to look into somebody's going to look into somebody's going to look into somebody. And where does it stop? You're absolutely. Exactly. I think you're exactly. absolutely right, Walter. I'm. I've got a lot of sympathy for those who, you know, like in the Logan City Council area, they they are all put under the. Well, that, that was and, by and then, that was from another was review all, body. That was from yeah, the Triple C. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But but all of these review bodies are, are damaging people's careers permanent permanently, aren't they? I think the most commonly used word is overreach. Before we talk about it anymore, I spoke with uh, Ipswich Mayor Teresa Harding last week and she was saying that the Office of Independent Assessor still has her support. Look, I do remain um, supportive of the OIA. We we do need a watchdog, that's quite clear. We saw that happen here in Ipswich. Um, When I've had discussions with the the Deputy Premier, who has local government in his portfolio, my discussions have been to make sure that it's resourced properly. Uh, My experience, and I think experience of other councils, that when um, complaints go in and there's nothing there, um, it's usually dealt with very quickly, within two weeks to get a letter saying, hey, well, you know, this came along and it's been dismissed. But things that are, there is some substance to. From what I can see, there are things that are still happening in our council that are 18 months long. So I certainly need to see, I think it should be more timely. 
Um, no system is perfect, but we do need a system, um, absolutely, in local government. Is, is it a case of they're saying, hey, we don't like what the umpire is saying, that's the only reason that they're having a whinge? I think what's been happening is it's being used as a political weapon, not always genuine and not always complaints of real substance. Now, what the mayor was saying there, if you read between the lines, there's still some investigations going on in Ipswich. Let's just talk more broadly here that Mm -hmm. there are some councillors across the state who just want to be uh, a little bit narky. You've got to ask yourself, has the pendulum swung too far in favour of vexatious complainers who've got an axe to grind or their complaints from failed candidates? Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk was reported last week as saying the OIA would be scrutinised under a parliamentary committee following complaints about the watchdog revealed in the Courier-Mail. In Queensland also reports, councils will suggest an admin fee of $200 per complaint, refundable if substantiated. The local government association annual conference is on this week in Mackay. I'm sure it will be discussed both in session and out of session. Any more thoughts, Walt? No, mate. Look, I, I just go what I've said before with with any of these particular groups. I, I can understand what the mayor's saying. She's saying that we need these in place to keep the bastards honest, as we had a famous politician once say in this country. Uh, a more familiar corruption watchdog is the Triple C, also in the spotlight for possible overreach and alleged bias. There was a very interesting piece on the 7.30 report uh, last week. This is a big question. Is Alan McSporran, as the chairman, is his position untenable? Is he in a no-win situation? Because it doesn't matter what he do, does, somebody's going to complain about it. If you take on the job, you've got to, you've got to live with the flack, don't you? Like, if he's, if he's going to do it without fear or favour, he's probably going to cop a lot of grief. Let's move on to another system of review, and that's Ipswich City Council established a review for controversial development applications known as the independent review panel which can only recommend it can't make decisions now in particular they've t- they've had two public hearings one was for the Wanless development application at Ebenezer and the proposed childcare centre at Caralee has there been much more discussion in your neck of the woods ash well the, the, i don't think there's a real big problem with the Caralee centre except for parking um, that's my my feel. But the other thing they say is there's plenty of spaces over here in some of the other centres, so do we need it? But go on. Looking at the hearing, which I did did watch online, and it's available for replay on Council's YouTube channel, there was a lot of emphasis on competition to the other childcare centres. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that enough to knock back a DA? Is, is that in Council's remit that if it's commercially viable or not commercially viable? No, it should be a, a market-driven force. If they think they can come in and do a better job, um, they shouldn't be stopped because there's a few others in town. Mm, so that's re- the nature of capitalism, isn't it? So really it's going to come down to what the neighbours said probably and does it does it meet the parking and traffic requirements? So what was the recommendation? Have they come out with one yet? No, it hasn't been handed down yet. We'll hear that possibly within the next three to four weeks and it would appear seem that council's going to make a decision at the November council meeting. We'll stick with development applications. We're on a bit of a roll here. Another one that's bubbling along is the uh, motorcycles at Tivoli, the track that uh, had motorcycling Queensland's had for many decades. It was originally started around 1964 that's been used for motorcycle racing. Actually, it's 1948. 1948. Oh, well, I'm, yeah. there you go. Even further back. Uh, mm-hmm. In 2018, it was proposed that it'd be divvied up into 199 residential lots and then motorcycling would be moved to 
Willowbank. That didn't happen. <laughs> Do you know why it didn't happen? Because everybody here, because I live in the area, I'm, I'm not far from it, everybody said, oh, we're not going to have these little tiny blocks because we're all in these big blocks over here. Right. And and they said, we're not going to have these little tiny blocks. No, don't let them. And everybody whinged about it. They were, they tried to get big blocks, but I think it's a, it's a koala habitat and the state government stood on that. Mm-hmm. Right, so uh, it sort of backfired a bit on some of those residents up there who said they've now got the motorcycle track working on them again. I checked on council's uh, planning website too, and it's still zoned as special uses motorcycle purposes. So Mm. that would explain why there was no public consultation for the motorcycles to return. Well, I had to talk to the local member about it, and he actually filled me in. He said they couldn't really do anything because there's no law being broken. No. Nothing's changed. And interesting, the there's a group over here called the Chua Concerned Residents, and there's 44 members of the group, or it was last time I looked, and they're really upset. But yesterday we had the there was a, an event on, and it was not as loud as the law, the right on lawnmowers around here and the demolition. <laughs> leaf the, blowers. Yeah, leaf blowers. The, the thing now, I'm probably going to cop a bit of flack from the people around here for saying this, but I didn't find it upsetting yesterday. It's only the ones who are very, very close to it. And why has this committee named themselves after a 1960s band, CCR? Oh, I'll tell you what I said. Most of them are probably that age. I shouldn't say that. It's actually thrown the, the cat amongst the pigeons for a lot of residents here, especially since um, Cooper released that, that small area of around about, what, 20 blocks up there, the larger blocks mm-hmm. on the corner of was it Cole Road and um, Brodzig Road. Right. And there's, there's a lot of people who've moved in there who are probably not, not happy. But then again, they could have checked on their, done their due diligence and made sure it wasn't there when they first started. As you said, it's been there for decades, uh, just mm. hadn't been active the last, what, three years. But it's now active once again. We're going to move on to a subject that's near and dear to your heart, Walter. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about doggy do and thoughtless dog owners <laughs> who don't pick up after their dogs who leave a deposit. In particular, oh. your backyard, the Riverheart Parklands. What's going on? Yeah, look, I, I hate it. It's terrible behaviour because, you know, we often think about picking up after our pets. It's an act of decency, isn't it? You would think so. Either, either of you dog owners? Yep. Yes. Understand okay, where you're yeah. coming from. Right. Yes. But anyway, what's happening uh, along the river in Ipswich now is we did have a doggy do bin with little green bags and no reference to the George Baker selection there. And uh, it's been removed. It's been, you know, there's been a few complaints, I would imagine, to council about the bin overflowing with contaminants from people putting takeaways and things like that in there, which aren't meant to go in. It's just meant to be a doggy do bin. If they'd just kept it as that, if they'd labelled it as that, maybe they wouldn't have had this issue in the first place. You, but it, you might have answered your own question there, Walter, with the bin overflowing. That's why it's gone. <laughs> which is, well, yeah, but there's another bin 100 feet away, ah. but you can't expect people to move 30 feet to put a you know, take away rubbish in a bin, can you? No. You can't expect to. When much. you walk around the other streets, you're supposed to, you know, put it in the little green, green bag and take it with you. Your dog must think you're weird. Yes. Your dog <laughs> must think, my human is really weird because I just defecated and it's picked it up and carrying it around in a bag. Like, 
Why are you doing that? <laughs> Why are you doing that? Yeah. But there's a reason we do that. And there are a lot of, well, dog poop is a pollutant, basically. Mm. And there's a lot of uh, transmittable diseases in there, roundworms, whipworms, hookworms, for starters, uh, salmonella, E. coli, giardia, you name it. Yep. Um, it's all in dog poop. And if we don't clean up the mess, it's something that will get worse. And without a bin there at all, I, I've already seen it breaking down. I went for another walk this morning and uh, there's doggy do everywhere because there's A, no bags and B, no bin to put it in. I you think it causes yeah, the problem. What's Didn't that? I reckon the, the, we put in walking tracks. Oh. <laughs> and well, everybody goes on the walking track with their dog. I think, Ash, we need to nominate Walter to contact council before next month and have the official answer and do his darndest to have that bin returned. Anything to avoid parvovirus, yes. <laughs> Let's move on to some very sad news for sporting fans. And the Jets have been grounded in the NRL bid battle. Walt, you're our official Jets sporting correspondent. What happened? Uh, it all fell apart, didn't it, basically? Look, as far as I see it and the research I've looked into this, Brisbane Jets, uh, their bid chief is Nick Livermore. And and he's, he's pretty disappointed, to put it mildly, because the Jets, they only had, as I understand it, one discussion with the NRL in all of that time leading up to this, and it was just one one-hour discussion, which I feel that Redcliffe was the favourite son the whole time uh, because they uh, sit on a, a bunch of assets, $70 million in assets. Um, they got uh, you know cash reserves around 20 mil. So they're one of the richest NRL teams already, and they haven't even joined the NRL. Yeah, so what you're uh, saying is because they've got the big bucks, that gave them the edge. Money talks, as Ashley knows, and <laughs> the other stuff walks. So we, we find ourselves with the, the Jets. They had a blueprint of growth. That was their thing. So there was going to be a heck of a lot of growth in this uh, Western Corridor. We're seeing that already. Uh, sweeping through Springfield, et cetera. And we have to do something to beat the AFL, get ahead of the AFL, who are already well and truly on top of that game. They are indeed. You know, you know me, I always tend to look at the right side of things. Is the fact that Redcliffe getting this going to be good for Ipswich in another way? Because the reason Redcliffe have a $70 million asset base is because it was a bit of a, uh, a football capital, football mecca. Now they're going to be taken up with other things, a different part of football. Are we able to pick up, you know, where they left off? In the QRL? Games? From, in the probably QRL, on a yeah. QRL level, yes. Yeah. It, it yeah. Could, could be benefits from that, Ash, so that's mm. for sure. But but I think we've got to learn some lessons from this game itself too. Remember um, a guy called Nathan Tinkler had very deep pockets for the Newcastle Knights, but that didn't end well. So maybe instead of worrying about how much – reserve they've got let's invest in the game and grow the game as it as it would have happened if it had if the uh, jets bid had won well let's hope the 18th team that were the front runner for the 18th team whenever that might be mm. oh by the way remember last time we talked over the back fence we said that wayne bennett would be named dolphins coach somebody we said right. that yes yeah. somebody did say that very good Congratulations, Walt. Good tip. Thank you. He, he likes Queensland, doesn't he? He does indeed. He does. I want to talk about some really good news, and that's the Ipswich City Council Australia Day Awards. Nominations are open, and the reason I want to give this a plug 
on the show is because in past years, and you might find this surprising, council has actually struggled to attract nominations across some of the categories. Hmm. So if you think you're up against hundreds of people nominating for certain categories in the Australia Day Awards, you might only be up against one or two or even none. Hmm. So... Let's get so the word I, out you there. I mean, I could get an Australia Day Award for you, being the best lawn mowing guy on Lansdowne Way. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't nominate yourself. Ask someone to nominate for you, Ash. Walter, nominate me for best lawn mower on Lansdowne Way. We'll just keep nominating each other for everything. And I'll put the handy link to the nomination form and everything. All that detail will be in the show notes. So, yes, the Ipswich Australia Day Awards. Don't hesitate. If you think someone's deserving, get mm. online, nominate yeah. now. And that comes hot on the heels of the Ipswich Chamber of Commerce Awards, which were held just the other day. Wasn't it great to see Ashley Jones get a goal? It yes, was. Dr. Ashley Jones, President. Congratulations. I don't know whether to call him Doctor or Presidente. <laughs> doctor will be fine. He'll be fine with that. No, congratulations to Ashley Jones from USQ. Well, well deserved that award, the President's Award. Sticking with Ipswich City Council, Ipswich First was established about, what, three years ago, four years ago? I've lost track of time now. Mm. It's recently been rebranded as Great Stories from Ipswich City Council. Bit of a change of direction for the council-owned mm. website. Have you noticed this? That's a mouthful, isn't it? Was that a transparency thing? Yes and no. Originally, the charter was to have a good spread of local news, not just council news. Mm. But I felt it was a, that ideal was a bit doomed from the start because it is a council-owned news, news site. Council staff are creating it, so it would never, ever be truly independent. Politics won't allow it. Mm. And did so you it, used to write for it in the interests of uh, transparency, tra in, in Ellen? I did, but I was just a, a writer. I wasn't running the show, as it were, at that point mm. in time. So, look, it, it comes to pass that it's simply a news site mostly about council, for council, and as a byproduct of that, it's naturally going to feature the mayor and councillors. And there's really nothing wrong with that. It's just another way of getting council's own message out there. Mm, yeah. Because People complain they don't know what's going on, then they say, well, yeah. hang on, we put it on Ipswich thing for you. That's yeah. right. But Ipswich also now has a plethora of local independent media. Um, yeah, true. Know, the, the, the Guard, there's a whole heap. Yeah, the Guardian and Tribune just recently split in split into two editions. Uh, the Ipswich Tribune. You've got Ipswich News today and local Ipswich News. The QT still exists online. There's River Nine Four Nine and West Bremer Radio online. So there's many choices out there for independent sources of uh, information. It's interesting when you go to the QT online. It doesn't say the QT. It says the Courier Mail. Yeah, you can actually highlight now an Ipswich section, but they've done that everywhere unfortunately and that's just that's just the lay of the land but they said farewell to Lemsey the other day so we wish uh, David Lems all the best after 37 years of recording sport what, what sort of, wow. of writing sport for the QT that's that is a, a record that would be hard mm -hmm. to beat I think mm. yeah in the world of journalism print journalism yeah. yes congratulations that's, that's to David Lems on whatever is next for him Exactly. But it's wonderful for Ipswich that we've got that many sources we can go to now. On that note of Ipswich media diversity, thank you, Walter Williams and Ashley Mack. And I think if, if I'm correct, the next one will be the Christmas edition. It will be. And you can dress up as Sandra if you wish. Consider it done. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Ash. And a reminder to look for handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. 
please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswitchtoday.com.au and click the donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.